You are listening to DNA Discoveries. I'm Edward Looney. Before we get into today's interview, in which we converse again with a previous guest and actually talk with her biological father, I'd like to just thank you for tuning in today. I know it's been a while since I released an episode. That's partly because I'm in need of people to reach out to me to share their stories. Someone who's listened to this podcast who said, I have a story and I want to share it on this platform. If you are one of those people, I invite you to email me at dnadiscoveriespodcast at gmail.com or you can go and find the Fireside host page for DNA Discoveries and use the contact form there. By reaching out to me, I'll be able to tell more stories in the upcoming weeks and months. I do have a few shows lined up of other individuals that I know, and also I have a few guests that I'm hoping to be able to book. One of them is an author of a new book that I'm listening to the audiobook of, and I'd be very excited to have that person join me and to talk about her story. We'll see if that comes about. But you should be seeing a few episodes here going forward, and just an encouragement to reach out if you're ready and willing to share your story. And now, let's turn to today's interview. Today on DNA Discoveries, I'm very excited to welcome back the very first guest that I had, Annette Broussard. And she shared on episode one her own story about how she went from believing the man who was her father, finding out that he wasn't through this DNA testing, and then connecting with the man she now calls Papa, and how they are inseparable. That was the title that I had given to that episode. And I'm... I I thought that it would be great just to reconnect with some previous guests when time afforded the opportunity and just to see how things are going. And, And luckily today, not only are we going to hear from Annette, but we're actually going to hear from her biological father. So we heard her side of the story back in episode one, and now today we'll get to hear his perspective of everything that has transpired since that day that they first connected. And so welcome back, Annette, and her father, Edmund. Welcome to DNA Discoveries. And maybe the first thing, Annette, could you just give a little snapshot, kind of the cliff notes, if you will, of your own story of finding family? Because maybe someone hasn't gone back and listened to episode one, or it's been a long time, almost two years since that episode first released. So maybe just a little reminder of your story that we first shared on this podcast. Basically, um, as a young woman, I had developed a um, interest in researching my family history, uh, mostly through word of mouth. But over time, uh, technology has advanced. And um, in 2015, I heard uh, where you can submit your DNA to Ancestry.com. Long story short, I submitted my DNA and began researching um, my family, not only through word of mouth, but also through DNA contacts. Um, After a two-year period, I discovered my uh, dad growing up was not my biological father, and shortly after, I located my biological father 
And um, needless to say, that was pretty shocking. Um, at the time, I felt it was kind of the end of the world. But over time, I realized it just up and opened up a new world for me and just made my life so much more beautiful. And you were able to identify him really because of one of the matches that Ancestry DNA made. And so you connected with that person and you talked with that person quite extensively, you said in the first interview. But what family line or relation was that individual to your father? He was my father's uncle, the baby brother of my father's mother. Okay. Uh, my father's my father's mom had what 13, 13 or fourteen children in her family, and this this uh, DNA connection was the youngest child of those thirteen to fourteen kids. His name was Roy, Roy, and he had done a DNA test, and I connected with him, and that was the beginning of this beautiful story. And how long ago was this that you first connected? When was the first meetup between you and your dad? On December 17, 2016, I discovered my old dad was not my biological father. And on January 11, 2017, I first spoke with my biological father by telephone. So let's bring in your wow. father now, Edmund. And maybe my first question for you, Edmund, is this. Did you have other children? So did you have a family of your own uh, before you found out about this discovery? Once I found out that NF was my daughter, after um, we got the results for the DNA, I had a meeting with my two other, I had two other daughters to, um, so that, I found out the information, I think, on a Friday. Possibly, yes, yeah, it was a we, Friday. Yeah, it was a Friday that I found out the results. So that Friday evening, I called a meeting with my other two daughters, and they came over that Saturday. And we sat down at the kitchen table. It's still kind of funny to me, in a sense, to be at this age and find out you have another sibling. But what was so ironic about it, when I was talking to my two daughters, uh, what they did was, after we talked for a while, one of them went into the living room, and then the other followed her. And then they both came back to, into the kitchen, and they both said to me, say, Daddy, you are the father, you know, like they do on TV. Sure. So we all laughed about it. But was, what was so nice that... Saturday, I gave Joy, who I thought was my oldest daughter at the time, Annette's phone number. So that next day, that Sunday, Joy and Annette talked on the phone for, what, two and a half hours? It was a long time. It was a long time. But the thing was, they had so much in common. And uh, some men, you know, when they put in that position and they found out they have a daughter, some men would not accept that responsibility. I think with me, because of my stepfather and what he did for me, uh, when Annette when when and I started talking, we talked, we would talk, what, half an hour, hour on the phone? Sometimes we would talk yeah. one, two, or three times in one day, Yeah, and every what, day. And what was so ironic about it was that um, 
Pog used to always tell him that. I said, you know, I don't think you're my daughter, but uh, uh, what I may do is adopt you anyway, you know. So, because we got along so well. And it was just like, it was a natural thing for us to be talking to each other. But I think the main thing was when we met for the first time, we went downtown to take care of some business. And um, we, were, we were buying something, and we both pulled out credit cards out. We both had the same credit card, same bank. And then we pulled our telephones out, and we had the same telephone, same uh, phone company. So what I found was the fact that I had more in common with Annette than I had with the two daughters that I raised. But I think what was important to me, a lot of fathers um, get get bad raps when they say they don't take care of their kids. In my case, I wanted to uh, show that the importance of family. And so it, it was more important for me in terms of to have Annette, Joy, and Gia, my daughters, get together and be a family. So um, I think this is, our situation I think is really unique because the way we bonded with each other. And uh, it has been, it should be a story on that because it's, sometimes I can call Annette and we, we both be doing the same thing, you know. At the same time, no matter how yeah. awkward it would be. Like just a couple of weeks ago, we called each other, and we were both eating muffins at the same time. <laughs> or, or there was a time when I called Annette, and I took a bath about 12 o'clock or 11 o'clock uh, noontime during the day. Um, so I said, what are you doing? She said, I just got out of from taking a bath there. I said, wait a minute. I said, are, are you sure I'm not your father? I might be your twin, you know, uh, because, you know. I actually have a running list of our commonalities. It's interesting to see how alike we are. And it's fun discovering how many habits we have that are similar in nature. I think our experience has been something. We, I've... Uh, I've done TV shows for the last 20 years, so we've done a couple of shows with Annette, but we did not put it on television. What we did was, that's something I want to keep for, you know, as we get older, for, more for family than uh, TV. But I think it's important that any time a man finds that he has a child, don't don't run, if, if that DNA says that's his, he should take that time to get to know that child because it's important. Family is important, and kids need to know who their father is, and they need to know what their father's like. You know. I was just happy that I was just happy that when I suggested to him that I might be his daughter, that he took time to listen to me and hear my reasons why I believed he was my father. I always be grateful to him for giving me that those multiple times when he said, um, tell me, why do you think I'm your father? He let me tell my story and, and he believed in me. You know, he believed in my, my, my thoughts about our connection. And I really love him for that. 
Edmund, when you first uh, made that connection with Annette, when she contacted you, suggested this, did you have doubt? Were you in disbelief? Did you not remember who her mother was? Well, it has been, what, over 40-something years, so can you remember back 40 years? And I'm going to put it to you this way. See, I stayed single until I was in my late 30s, so I was out there ripping and running, as they would say. (laughs) But uh, I wanted to kind of get that out of my system so that when I did get married, you know, uh, it would it wouldn't be no need for me to be out in the streets, as they would say. So um, it was important to me, family, like I said before, my stepfather, to me, was my father. And and for him to step in an already-made family and do the things that he did, that inspired me to, try, you know, follow in his footsteps. So when I found out I had a daughter, I wasn't going to do you know, if the DNA says she was mine, she was mine. So as a man, it's only right for me to do what, you know, I need to do. And I wanted her to get to know me anyway, because like I said before, after talking to her on the phone for as long as we did, we just, we just bonded. We just were so much, our personalities were so much like, cause I'm a giving person. She's a giving person. And, um, we laugh. We have fun. I felt like I knew him already. And Just you're not the first month. person to say something like that. I've heard other stories of individuals that once they started talking to their family members, they realized, wow, I feel like I know this person and I just met them. And for myself, when I met my cousin, that it was the same exact thing. Her husband mm-hmm. and her and I, we all went out uh, for for lunch. And there we were at the lunch table. We ordered our food. And I, I still remember her husband saying to me after the fact, once we spent some more time together, he said, you know, we were sitting at the table and I thought I was looking at her when I was looking at you. And you all had the same mannerisms and you've never met. And it was just, you know, one of those things. So for you to say something like that, uh, I know that other guests have said something very similar. I used to, when I first started my journey, when I found my papa, I used to do these short videos. And one of the videos I in, in one clip, I say, I, I feel like I know this person already. I feel like I love him. And then I, and I thought, am I weird because I love this person that I haven't met? And I, this was before we did the DNA test. But it always felt so natural and, and like it was supposed to be from the very beginning for me. I have a lady friend who once stated that a lot of times when a a parent, a father find out he has another child, he the father finds out he has more in common with that child that he didn't raise than he did with the child that he does raise. Hmm. So, um, uh, it's a shock. You know, after all these years to find out, hey, you have another child. But the main thing is for a man, you got to man up. And, and a lot of men don't take responsibilities for the things they do, and a lot of them do. And the ones that 
do should uh, be thankful that they had the opportunity to, uh, you know, find out that they had another child and that child got a chance to know them before they passed away. Because some, some kids find out they had a father, their real father wasn't their father, and when they look for their real father, he's dead. He passed away, so they never got a chance to get to know him. But um, my philosophy is this. You take each day of your life, you enjoy it, and you try to make the most of that day. And what's more important, you can be rich and famous and and have all the money in the world, but to have a family that loves you, that's what's important. Okay? Yeah, that's well all right, said. I'll- now, uh, so you mentioned that it was almost 40 years later that you meet her and everything like that. So there's a lot of time that has been taken away in that sense of not knowing. So how have the two of you made up for lost time in forging this relationship? Because you two are blessed, as you just said, that she discovered you. You're still alive. You have these years right now. These are blessed years that you get to know one another and walk and journey life together as father and daughter. So how have you made up for this lost time? Initially, after making my discovery, I visited Papa almost monthly. And the first interview that I did with you, I didn't recall the time frame of my visits correctly. In January 2022, we had our five-year ancestry-versary. We still talk nearly every day. Sometimes I just show up at his door. I visit as often as I can, which can be more frequent now that we live closer together. We still share our life experiences and our daily activities. We share our hopes, dreams, and feelings about practically everything. These are just some of the ways we value the rest of our time together. Some days we just, we just laugh at how, how wonderful we, how wonderful we feel about all of this. And if I might interject something, I don't think they have makeup time because their time is time now. So they don't lose time. Yeah. Yeah. They are real. Yeah. What? It's an old saying. My father told me this once. He said, what happened to you yesterday you can't change. So you can't bring that time back. So what you have to do is take this day. Tomorrow's not promised to you. You take this day and you make the most of that day and whatever happens tomorrow will come tomorrow. But you don't look back over what could have, should have, whatever. That's gone. So the main thing is... Uh, you live for the day because I, I, we, we wrap around here when we, uh, uh, when we get together, but the most important thing is, uh, I'm gonna put it to you this way. Cause I like, I like to wrap a little bit, but earth has been in millions of years, but your time here on earth is, is nothing compared to that time. So it's so important for you to take each day of your life and enjoy that day with someone you love. I'll say this, and then I'll be quiet. I tell people at a funeral when someone passed away, 
I will tell them what I want everyone to do in this church is close your eyes and think about the person that you have at home and that the person that you love and that loves you and they still alive. So when you leave this church and you go home and you see that person at home, you give them a big hug and you let them know how much you love them. Okay. So yesterday is another day, but you live for today. Okay. And, you know, when, when this all first started, I lived in Texas, um, over 1,700 miles away. Um, since then, I've moved to California. Uh, so I'm only about, a, instead of 1,700 miles away, now we're about an hour away. So some days I'll just show up at the door. <laughs> I'll call him on the phone and I'll say, Papa, what are you doing? And he'll say, oh, I'm doing this or that. And he'll say, what are you doing? And I'll say, I'm sitting outside your door. <laughs> And we talk every day. <laughs> if we miss one day talking, then uh, we apologize. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I'm going to say one other thing. When I was 13 years old, I got a movie camera. So with my other two daughters, I videoed everything they did along the way. I didn't miss anything. Christmas, they could not come downstairs unless I had my movie camera set up. Why I'm going in this direction is about to meet in that. And find out that everywhere in that goes, that telephone goes with that movie, that camera. She has to take pictures, you know, and capture moments. Yeah. And we have to have that, you know, it's, it's just to me, at my age, it's just uncanny the way we get along and the relationship. The feelings that we have for each other, as you know, but um, I will congratulate any boy or girl that has found their father. And uh, sometimes uh, it don't work out, but uh, uh, I'm gonna let Anna talk because I'll get. But the only thing I can say, and you know, since you're doing this show, is that um, anytime you have, even if it's not your daughter, but your wife or anybody else, enjoy the person that you're with. Because when you don't have that person, it's your loss. Any father that has found his daughter or or, or son. Enjoy the, that moment because life is about memories, about the things that you go through. So you better enjoy what time you have while you have that time. And and also think what a blessing it is for you to have someone in your life that you love and that loves you. Okay. Since meeting Papa, I've... I've met over 400 new relatives. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> wow. And I feel like every month uh, it feels like I'm meeting someone new. I've been to family reunions. I've traveled all over the U.S. meeting people, um, getting to know people. Um, Uncle Roy, I visited him two or three times before he passed. He passed away. Let me say this. But it's been beautiful. The first time she went to see Uncle Roy, they had never seen her before. So when she pulled up in front of their house, 
I'm gonna let Annette tell you how many <laughs> roses we were waiting on when she got there. Go ahead. When I pulled up and I flew to Mississippi from Texas to meet Uncle Roy in person after we had talked talked on the phone many hours before then, and I thought I would just be seeing Uncle Roy and and his wife um, Aunt Sarah. But when I pulled up, there were a lot of cars out in front of the house, and as I started walking up the driveway there were at least 50 to 60 people coming towards me with their arms out, big smiles on their faces, just welcoming me. And I started boohooing. I was crying so hard and sniveling. <laughs> but th those were tears of joy. Um, and I stayed the whole weekend there, and we just ate and played games and had a great time that whole weekend. He just made me feel so welcomed. Um, having never even met me in person before. Um, and it just felt like home. It was wonderful. It you was just really shared wonderful. a little bit about the family, you know, meeting other family members, how they all showed up as you went down and met this other relative. Now, it's my understanding there's another relative in the room with you right now. What was his impression of this whole story? <laughs> What's his relationship cousin. to the whole thing? He's your cousin. And uh, what did he make of it? Well, number one, finding out, Edmund called me and said, uh, guess what? I said, what, Edmund? He said, well, I just found out I got a daughter. I said, no, oh, you got two daughters. I say, nope, I got an unknown. <laughs> so this this was something of a surprise to both of us, but it turned out uh, quite well to me. She's a real charming person. I can understand why she would uh, do her homework to find out what life is all about. She's just that type of person, so. She's a great girl. And so much so that you're hanging out today on a Saturday afternoon uh, before and after this little conversation. I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting her out here. I come out here to visit Edmund with some stuff, and he said, well, Annette's coming by, and I hadn't seen her in a while, so I said, okay, I'll just hang loose. And so here we be. Well, there you have it. Now, as we talk about relatives, and one of the things you just mentioned, and earlier Edmund mentioned this, was that, on Christmas Day or for any of the holidays. He would always have a camera rolling. He wanted to capture those memories of his other daughters and such. And so I guess I, I'm curious about Christmas now, Annette. Do you celebrate Christmas with this family? And and uh, what do the daughters, what do your sisters, um, half-sisters, I guess they would be, what do they make uh, of your participation and celebration with them? So my sisters, uh, I don't use the word half ever. They are just my sisters, and they're two beautiful girls, Joy and Gia. Um, the first Christmas we had after meeting them um, was at my sister Joy's house. I'm a mother of three, and I was there with two of my kids and their dad. My sisters, their mom, was their mom? No, their mom. Papa. Um, and two or three other relatives. Shuri, I think Sheree was there. There was a good maybe 12 of us at, that, at our first Christmas after finding out about each other. And my sister Joy made this amazing Christmas dinner. And we just enjoyed each other's company. Um, since then, uh, I think a lot of us, you know, at different times we all have different things going on but we always see each other have seen each other at the holidays um even if it's just a small get together with you know just a few two or three of us 
we still manage to see each other. It's really all a blur. <laughs> sure, it's all family. Yes, we had the COVID. We had the COVID, yeah. COVID put a lot of us, you know, do not. Uh, One Christmas, we got together and we went um, to feed the homeless together at Joffrey's in downtown Oakland. Oh, yeah. yeah. I put on my little Mrs. Cross dress, and Papa put on his red Christmas sweater, and we went down there with his girlfriend, Laura, and we fed the homeless together. That was beautiful. That was a beautiful time. Let's say this. Um, until Annette came into my life, uh, I would always video the girls, in, you know, in the morning when they open up their presents. Then about maybe twelve thirty, one o'clock, we drive over to my mother's house and have Christmas there, and I'd video that too. So my whole thing about family is the fact that I wanted my kids, when I'm dead and gone, to be able to look at all those videos and see the day they were born and all the things that they have gone through. Uh, by Annette coming into my life, the only sorry thing that I dread was that she never got a chance to meet my mother because uh, my mother would have loved her and my mother would have really cracked up. Hey, I got another daughter, you know. I was born four days before her birthday. Yeah. It, it's been a pleasant journey, you know. Now, any other questions? Well, sure. Uh, I think I have another one. So you, one of the things you mentioned, you both shared that you contact one another almost every day. And if you don't talk on the phone one day, then you almost apologize. You feel bad that you didn't connect. Is there any sort of jealousy? Like, do your other daughters enjoy that same relationship? You talk to them every day? Or are they jealous of that, do you think? Or they're, they're totally fine with it? No. What, no. No. What you have to understand is each child is different. See, my other two daughters grew up knowing me. Mm-hmm. And that this is, this is our way of bonding and getting a chance to, you know, spend that time that we were not able to do back then. So as far as my girls are concerned, it's like when you left home, you did your thing. You checked on your parents every once in a while. Both of my daughters are... Our, our other two daughters are within one's 10 minutes away and others half an hour away. Sure. So uh, as a family, we look out for one another and, and that has something she wants to say. And my, my sisters, Joy and Gia, have been nothing but supportive. Um, I haven't felt any kind of negativity, any kind of jealousy. They've been nothing but supportive. Um, whenever I'm in town, if I stop by to see one of them, they're, they're, um, we have a good time and we enjoy each other's company and we share our day. Um, and uh, I, I think we're all interested in getting to know. So this is not just me um, spending time with Papa. It's me also mm-hmm. wanting to get to know my, my sisters, bonding, um, bonding with them as well. And we're, um, we've talked um, a few months ago about... Um, working on that more. COVID has kind of slowed things down in the last couple of years. I haven't really traveled a lot, but I recently spoke to my sisters about us um, spending time together without Papa. (laughs) 
And um, so, no, no jealousy. They've been nothing but beautiful and supportive and understanding. Um, when I, I in de- this past December, I legally dropped my name that I had uh, from being married, Boyd, and um, took on my true maiden name, Broussard. And before I did that, I talked to my sisters about it on the phone to get, we were all in a three-way call and they were really supportive. Um, I, I will keep the words that we talk about private uh, between the three of us, but they were nothing but supportive this whole time. Nothing, no, no, no negativity, no jealousy or any of that. Well, that's they're great. They're just two beautiful girls. Yeah, they're, they're beautiful. Yeah, I love that there's no and, competition. And I love them for that. I love that for that. I love them for that because I see and hear other stories of, of um, people in my situation coming into a family that they didn't know and how people just push them away or treat them badly. And I feel so, I don't even know if there's a word for it, but just so blessed and lucky and um, thankful that my papa's family and my sisters and everyone has just been nothing but welcoming. Tell them how their mother has responded to you. Oh, and my sister's mom, Miss um, Wanda, um, Joy and Gia's mom is Wanda, and she has been um, just so kind to me and, and just beautiful as well um, from the moment I met her. Just really loving and sweet. So um, I just, I can't, I can't, um, I could not have imagined this scenario for me of finding uh, someone else to be my biological father and then have his entire family welcome me. From the Broussards to the Jameses, his mom's side, his dad's side, you know, meeting all of these people. It's just been amazing. I I wish everyone's experience could be like this. I really do. It's just been changed my life dramatically. I'm so grateful that you shared your story back two years ago and that now here we are able to reconnect because I feel like there's even more now as you've had this experience that we can take away from it. You know, Edmund has given such great advice to maybe a man who finds out they have a child and his encouragement really to be a father to that child. Don't don't dismiss that child. Welcome them. So uh, that's great advice. You, you know, you sharing is... Uh, maybe helpful to somebody that discovers, hey, I have another sister and maybe they're encroaching in my family and you and your testimony and witness, you're saying, well, I'm so grateful that that they didn't have that perception. And so maybe as you share that, someone who has a hardened heart against the situation might have it a little bit softened. So I think this was a great conversation. I think my sisters just didn't take it personal. They just saw it as two people um, who never knew about one another, finding each other and giving them, they gave us a chance to have our space to get to know each other. And they gave me a chance to, you know, work on getting to know them. And just, I mean, I couldn't ask for anything more. I'm just saying, you know, the fact that, you know, growing up, I would make these comments. And after meeting my daddy, I realized, 
I've discovered more about myself. Just, I would just say p- things have fought, pieces have fallen into place. Things make more sense now. A lot of things make more sense. I used to feel like I didn't look like anybody. And meeting my dad's family, I feel like, oh, wow, I, I look like that person and that person. And, oh, this is where that trait came from. And that's why I'm like this. You know, it just so many things about me make more sense. Well, I think the bottom line is what you brought to the family group. I mean, yeah. everything relegates around you, not the, not the whole thing. You brought this whole thing together, so it starts with you to a certain extent also. I'm just thankful that I was curious. I was a curious yeah. person. Because imagine if you and never would have submitted your DNA, you would have never had this conversation today. You would still nothing. have questions or whatever. So um, curiosity sometimes can be a good thing. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. It all started with a, a paper that I had to do in college by Harriet Tubman, and that's what sparked my interest in my family um, history and background. That's just having that interest in who my past relatives were is what started this. And Ancestry.com, they just took it up a notch, you know, in introducing the DNA um um, research yeah. factor to this—it just opened up a whole new world. I mean, I had family in my backyard my whole life and never knew. Maybe it's, it's ju- kind of like opening up a, a Christmas present every day. <laughs> every oh, time sure. I find something new, it's like a new present. It's beautiful. Maybe just one final question. And I, I know we kind of touched on it already that that really every day is the gift. Tomorrow is a gift you'll have um, and, and such. But is there anything the two of you are looking forward to maybe in the next year or two years uh, down the road? Anything that, you know, kind of hopes for the next year or so, I guess. You might get three different answers, but the one thing that I want is to continually have in each day the way it is, to continue um, loving one another, continue enjoying what time you have with that individual, continue just enjoying your life and making the most of each day. And if the good Lord bless us and, and let us have a year from now, hey, so be it. But right now, day by day by day. And for me, uh, a couple of things. One is, well, actually, a few things. One is to talk to my papa as much as possible and keep giving him all those hugs that I'm sneaking on him. (laughs) 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 And also um, spending more more time with my sisters, Joy and Gia, um, because we have so much in common. Um, I just want to build that relationship with them and make it strong. And also, um, I, I have, uh, multiple book ideas that I started and I would love to see my, my books published. Those are some of the things that I have for the future. And and the books, um, are they, are they about family relationship, discovering family or, uh, something completely different? Um, uh, I I have three children's book ideas um, that 
um, are inspired by me and my papa. And then I have a, a book series um, that's tied around my journey, uh, my ancestry journey. There's Very so nice. much information that I have documented that I think I could make three books out of it. Wow. So, well, good luck with all that. And, um, yeah, if you need any help writing or publishing or whatever, uh, you know, I am a published author, and uh, maybe I can advise and help you write your proposal and how to submit it and all these things. So, I will most likely be taking you up on that offer. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you would like to say? I have some special messages for some very special people that's come into my life in recent years. I want to thank my cousin Florence for submitting her DNA and helping me find my Broussard family. I want to thank my cousin Janine for educating me about our Broussard family. And I want to thank my brother Lamont for being supportive. I want to thank DNA whisperer cousin Tamisha for getting Uncle Roy to submit his DNA. I want to thank my kids for their love and their dad for being on this journey with me. I want to thank Miss Laura for her love and support. I want to thank my sisters for welcoming me and making me feel like a part of the family from the very beginning. I want to thank all of my new relatives who made me feel welcomed. They know who they are. I thank my papa for his unending love and making me feel whole and for sharing his life with me every day. I want to thank my mom for giving me life and loving me. And I want to thank you, Mr. Looney, for sharing our story on your podcast. Thank you so much. Well, that's great. Well, thank you both. Thank you, Annette. Thank you, Edmund, uh, for joining me today. Thank you, Howard, for being uh, in the audience and also contributing a little bit as well. Uh, this has been a great conversation, and I'm grateful to my guest, Ed, a few episodes ago, uh, who really encouraged me to do maybe some follow-up episodes. And, and so it was really his idea for this, and I'm grateful for that suggestion because this has turned out to be an excellent conversation. So thanks so much, the two of you, for sharing and uh, for allowing this to be shared with so many others. Because I think when stories like this are told, it can, get, it can give help and encouragement to others who might find themselves in the same situation. And before we go, I'm going to leave you with a thought. I want you and your guests to have a beautiful day. And whatever you do, don't let nobody spoil it. Okay. That's great advice. Thank you again, and thanks so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope that the story that we heard today inspires you, maybe as you begin that journey or as you continue to try to make sense of your own story of finding family. If you enjoyed today's episode, could you do me a favor? Share it with someone else you think that might enjoy these stories of finding family. And also, could you rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you listen on? I'm honored that you took time out of your day to listen to DNA Discoveries, and I hope that you'll tune in next time as we continue to share these stories of finding family.